Hi, I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in San Diego. Thank you so much for watching today. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, please consider making a contribution. Go to our website. It's easy to do. Thank you in advance for that contribution. Reverend Wendy begins a new series, Deepening Our Practice. Today's talk goes deeply into the importance and meaning of forgiveness. Reverend Wendy talks about what forgiveness can do for us and what forgiveness does not have to include. All righty, well, we're starting another new journey today. And the journey that we're starting is an exploration of going deeper into our spiritual practice. So unity, we often say, is a way of life. It's not something that we just come to and read about or listen to a talk on a Sunday morning and then leave and go back living our life the same way we always have. Unity is a way of life and it's a way of life that we practice and we practice it moment by moment, day by day, thought by thought as we transform from the inside out. And so I prepared this series of five lessons to help us take a look at some things that we can do to deepen into our practice. So next week, I'm going to be talking about the idea of being broken open that we might experience a breakthrough. The following week, I'm going to talk about what, is it, what does fulfillment look like, feel like, and mean for spiritual beings. The week after that, we're going to take a look at grace and gratitude. We don't talk enough about grace, really, in, in New Thought, but we're going to talk about it that week, grace and gratitude, and then we'll end with a lesson on love and connection. But I wanted to begin with a practice that I think is one of the most important in our spiritual toolkit, and it is the practice of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice and it is a practice. Forgiveness is a choice, and it is a practice. Say that with me. Forgiveness is a choice, and it is a practice. It's a choice, and it's a practice. We have to choose to walk that path, and then we must practice the steps on that path. I wish that forgiveness always worked like a light switch. That as soon as I realize, oh, here's an opportunity or here's something I know I need to forgive, that I, in the moment of recognizing it, that I would suddenly be in that full experience of having forgiven. That is not the way it usually works, especially if it's something significant that has happened in our lives. Forgiveness is very much a practice and a process, much more akin to a dimmer switch and even at that, one that isn't necessarily always moving in one direction. There's kind of an ebb and a flow to it. When you think of forgiveness, every major world religion includes it as one of the important aspects of practicing that particular faith that we need to forgive. If you were to Google the word forgiveness, you would find literally millions of pages and articles and blogs that would be available for you to read and to learn from. If you were to go to, onto Amazon's website and were to Google, Google, Google the word forgiveness, you would find, I don't know how many, but many, many books on the topic. 
If you were to search academia, you would find that there are courses at the university level being taught on this idea of forgiveness. And there are research projects going on as to the efficacy of forgiveness and what happens to an individual who is harboring bitterness, resentment, and is wanting revenge, is wanting to get even, what happens inside of a person that experiences that? So forgiveness is something easy for us to, to identify as important, and yet it's not so easy for us sometimes to do. You know, when Peter came to Jesus and said, all right, how, how many times do I have to forgive my brother when my brother sins against me? When my brother does something I don't like, how many times do I have to forgive him? And Peter reminded Jesus of the Old Testament law, which said that you needed to forgive your brother seven times. Wouldn't that be easy? You could do seven, couldn't you? We could do seven, right? You could do seven. That's a really manageable number. But you know, Jesus really represents an evolution of spiritual practice and understanding from the Old Testament concept that was much more an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a black and white kind of um, literal, literal authoritarian practice. His is an evolution in consciousness, an evolution in spiritual teaching. And it's evidenced in many ways, and very much so in his reply to Peter. And he said to Peter, no, Peter, not seven times, but what? Seventy times seven. Do the math. How much is that? Four hundred and ninety times. That is a much bigger number. Would you not agree? But do you think that even then Jesus was saying, okay, Peter, 490 times, then you don't have to do it anymore. Do you think he was saying that? No, he wasn't. So in, in, the, um, in the Bible, numbers usually represent an idea. They're symbolic. And the idea of 70 times seven is the idea of you do this, whatever this is, until it is done, until it is complete. So we, I think I, I'm safe in assuming that all of us in this room recognize the value and the importance of practicing forgiveness, the value and importance of releasing resentment, of moving beyond bitterness, of moving beyond the tendency to want to get even. And yet, how many of you, like myself, sometimes still struggle with it? Raise your hand. That's probably a lot of us. And have you noticed that the practice of forgiveness runs along quite a continuum? Haven't you had the experience that some things in your life are much easier to forgive than others? I know I certainly have. I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking about there are certainly, there have been times in my life that practicing forgiveness required a little bit of digging, like times that rumors fly or unfair or untruth comments are made or gossip is happening in the church or, <laughs> I know, hard to believe, right? Or walking out one day our front door and seeing, well not seeing, 
my husband's truck. It had been stolen right from the front of our house. This goes back years ago. Practicing forgiveness took a little bit of digging around that. Took a little bit of digging in a couple of business kinds of things I've been involved in that were not honest and that went sideways. I wasn't told the truth. Took a little bit of working with that. But then there are those in my life, and I imagine in yours as well, perhaps, that have really required what I call the deepest dive in, the deepest dive to forgive. Those kinds of things that maybe tear your entire world apart. There have been just a couple of times in my life, both personally and professionally, where I have truly been betrayed, and man, that hurt. And man, that was hard to find a way to be with that and to move through it and move beyond it. To not stay stuck, to not stay angry, to not want to tell the whole world, but you just don't understand. Let me explain what really happened. Nod your head if you can relate to any part of that, right? But even deeper still, the times in my life where alcoholism, incest, rape, sexual abuse impacted various members in my family and having to find a way to, to move through those very heavy, very difficult, gut-wrenching, soul-wrenching experiences, knowing that even there I am called to find a way to forgive. And sometimes, especially in those very deepest experiences, the first step for me would have to be the step, God, help me just want to want to forgive, because I'm not there right now. It hurts too much to see what was done or how it's impacting this person or that there's not a recognition, there's not an apology, there's no accountability, there's no, no trying to acknowledge the tremendous harm done from the other side. There have been many times in my career of being a minister that I have so wished I could talk with complete transparency and vulnerability, but the truth of the matter is that there are things in my life, that, much as I'm sure in yours as well, that in order to, to respect and to acknowledge the needed privacy of others, you just can't completely share. Is this making sense? I share this part of it with you though because it's so easy, number one, to look at somebody that might look like they've never had to deal with anything particularly difficult in their life at all. I can remember when people used to say to my husband, John, well, what does Wendy really do other than just get dressed on a Sunday morning and do a talk? What does she do the rest of the week? I'm not, not people like you here, but people would say, oh, minister, what does a minister do? But, but that it's very easy to look at somebody from the outside, right? And especially somebody that's teaching ways of thinking and living and spiritual practice and philosophy and think, oh, well, they don't ever have any stuff go on in their life. That's a really dangerous thing to do. It's a very dangerous thing to do. And I share it when I can, what I can, by way of saying whatever you may be going through that's heavy, I can understand. I may not be going through or have gone through exactly what you're going through, 
but I have had to walk the really difficult, painful steps and find a way through. What is forgiveness? One of the reasons I think, very real reasons, I think we have such a challenge with forgiveness is that it seems like we're letting the other person off the hook, especially if it was something really awful that was done, right? We're letting them off the hook. It sometimes is also very difficult because we figure or we think, well, if they would just acknowledge what they did, if they would just say they were sorry, if they would just stop minimizing it, then I could move through it. Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about here. I don't remember who said it, but I'm gonna look for it. Robert Brault, life becomes easier when you learn to accept an apology you never got. Right? We put conditions on our willingness to forgive. We say, well, when they acknowledge what they did, then I will forgive them. Because somehow we think that forgiving is making it better for them. When forgiving is about making it better for ourselves. Forgiving is never condoning something that is wrong. It's not condoning something that is wrong. And sometimes, even in the act of forgiving, you may need to take legal action. But the way you do it is very different than if you are doing it from a place of you're gonna make, you're, you're gonna handle justice yourself, you're gonna make sure that they pay. Can you feel the difference of that? Absolutely. So forgiveness to me is Stop, that it, the purpose of it is for me to stop allowing the past to keep hurting me today. The purpose of forgiveness is to stop allowing the past to keep hurting me today. Say that with me. The purpose of forgiveness is to stop allowing the past to keep hurting me today. Take a deep breath in. Because I can feel in the room, I can feel empathy in the room, and I can also feel some of your own journey and things that maybe have directly happened to you. Or sometimes it can even be harder when it's happened to a loved one, right, than if it's happened to us. The heaviness to me signals that we understand the importance of this work. I'm not saying that it's always easy. And in fact, sometimes it's downright messy and difficult. But what I am saying is that just because it's difficult and just because it may take a long time and just because you may never get the apology or the accountability or acknowledgement from the other must not keep you from doing your own inner work to get to the place where you're not held hostage by that because you deserve the freedom. Let me read a piece to you from Yvonne. Iyanla Van Zandt. It's called The Messiness of Not Forgiving. And I think she really describes this well. She says, you can accept or reject the way you are treated by other people, but until you heal the wounds of your past, you will continue to bleed. You can bandage the bleeding with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with work, with cigarettes, with sex, but eventually it will ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open the wounds, stick your hands inside, pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past, the, those memories, and make peace with them. Not a very pretty picture, huh? 
But the kind of forgiveness, the really deep forgiveness around the very big things that some of us in this room have dealt with personally or have watched family members deal with, it's very much, I believe, like that. How many of you remember hearing Oprah Winfrey talk about a significant turning point in her life, in her journey of forgiveness? And she credits Gary Zukav with it, with saying one thing. Gary said this one thing on numerous occasions in other places, but the day he said it on her show was a turning point for her. And what he said was forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. It was such a, a freeing experience, she said. A couple more things. On the other side of forgiveness is freedom. Take that in for a moment. On the other side of forgiveness is freedom. Breathe into that. On the other side of forgiveness is freedom. That's what we're talking about. We are freeing ourselves from that really painful thing that happened. On the other side of forgiveness is freedom. Ajashante, a beautiful spiritual light and teacher, has written this about it. Everything you blame, you're stuck with. Think about that. Everything you blame, you're stuck with. Bless it. Wish it well. Wish it, wish it its own freedom. And it will be very powerful in the way that it will not come back to you. If you don't forgive it, if you don't bless it, if you don't wish it well, the energy will just be magnetically drawn back to you because it's looking for resolution. It's looking for resolution. All negative energy that we've inherited is there because it's looking for resolution. So maybe that's a phrase we can hold in our mind when we're feeling kind of stuck. What's looking for resolution here? And remember that on the other side of forgiveness is freedom. Another piece similar to that is that on the other side of forgiveness, the forgiveness work we do, on the other side of forgiveness is self-care and self-love. We're finally saying deeply to ourselves, I am not going to hurt over this anymore. I am not going to give up the joy and the possibility of today and tomorrow and the next day over that. I can't change that, but I can certainly claim how I'm going to be with it from this moment forward. And if we really do trust in this idea of the presence and the power of spirit by whatever name we want to call it, at work for the highest good of all concerned, somehow, some way, the one who's done wrong to us will have an awakening moment or something that's going to shift them to a place where they have learned from what they have done. They may never come back and say sorry. Remember Jesus in part of the Easter story looked out to his accusers and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Now that's not always easy to say when it sure looks like the other person sure as heck knows what they're doing. But he wasn't talking on the surface level of it. He was talking on the level of when you really understand that we are one, when you really understand that there's no private good, when you really understand that what you do to another you do to yourself, you would never do something to another that you wouldn't want done to you. 
That's what he was saying when he said, Father, forgive them. They do not understand. I don't know where you are in your personal journey. I don't know if there's anything in your life that is significant around this topic of forgiveness that you're still working with. But if you are, I say to you, don't give up on yourself because you deserve that journey, what's at the end of that journey, the self-care, the self-love, and the freedom that's at the end of that journey. What I also say to you is if you're kind of just at the beginning and you're only starting to tiptoe around the wanting to want to forgive, you'll need to be patient with yourself. And sometimes it's gonna feel heavier and messier at the start, but it won't always be that way. It will do you no good to push the feelings down. And when something really terrible has happened to you or somebody that you love and you begin to get real with the feelings that you have, those can be almost frightening. I remember the feelings I had around some of the situations in my family. Feelings that I didn't think I was capable of such anger, such hurt, such gut-wrenching pain. But what I also know, psychologically and spiritually, you can't get past something that you push down or you ignore. You have to go into it and through it with mind and eyes open and heart open. Ask for support if you need it, but eventually those feelings are not gonna always be like that. And on the other side, on the way through, you will find a sense of freedom that you just never had before. A sense of freedom, a sense of joy, and a sense of love. So let me close with one of the things I said to you right up front, that forgiveness is two things. It is a choice, and it is a practice. Namaste. The Unity Center. Spiritually progressive, socially responsive, radically inclusive. We have services on Sundays at 9 and 11. Many people enjoy Reverend Wendy's talks and meditations and aren't able to attend the Unity Center in person. If you're part of our extended family from around the world and would like to help support the Unity Center, please go to our website or download our free app, which offers even more ways to connect with the Unity Center. Namaste. Namaste.